Before you use AI to transform your agency, you need to begin with trust. Introducing Watson X Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com federal. IBM. Let's create. On the day that your favorite hockey team acquired Lars Eller over the summer, I got a text from a buddy of mine in Denver who'd seen him with the Avalanche and really, really knows his pucks. He shared with me his observation of Eller's time with the Avalanche. Done. He's done. Nothing there. I begged to differ. I most definitely differed in my assessments of Eller with you. And wow, how about where Eller is now? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins 6, Bruins 5. It was the early 1980s all over again. Last night in Boston, a tough, tough game to be either Alex Nedeljkovic or Jeremy Swayman. And on top of that, neither Nedeljkovic nor Swayman was especially sharp. Sidney Crosby had a goal and two assists. His goal, of course, was the one that broke the tie in the third period. He also had some big faceoff wins, a blocked shot, outraced Elias Lindholm down the rink. To avoid a very late icing, the captain is the captain. He is pretty much picking up this team on his figurative back and carrying them. Well, actually, except for this, he's also been getting some help of late, including, strikingly, from the bottom six. And nobody's contributed more in that category than Eller has. He's got four goals in his last six games. That's one more than Sid's got. Just saying, just saying. He's also been strong on faceoffs. He's been terrific on the penalty kill. He's been a very real contributor to the second power play unit. And he's done the one thing that I vividly recall sharing with you over the summer that I'd expected him to do which was to make players around him better so long as they listened to him and accommodated what he needed. Unfortunately, in an audio podcast, I can't share with you the visual example that I want to from the third period last night, but I'm going to see if I can at least trigger your peripheral memory here when I describe one shift in the Boston zone, where Eller basically owned the puck. No matter where it would go, no matter where it would ricochet or wrap around the boards or pop free in the slot, number 20 was there to pounce on it. And from there, he'd make some type of intelligent play. That's Eller. He's sound defensively. He's responsible all over the rink. But in the offensive zone, the thing that's always struck me about Eller, including the many years 
in which he played in Washington, is that the puck has a follow-him-around kind of tendency. So if and when you put him out there with reasonably compatible players, meaning guys that have some skill, some want to, a little bit of everything, you're going to get the kind of results that you did last night. Now, his wingers were Drew O'Connor, who might have been even better than Eller in this game, and Valtteri Pustinen, who seemed to kind of bounce back to the early version of him when he was recalled. He was really involved, really on the puck, making stuff happen. And that, my friends, is a third line that I can get behind. That's an accompaniment for Eller that I can get behind. I am not interested in Eller as a time killer. I'm not interested in him as a true old school prototype checking center. Going way back for some of you, like a Bobby Holik type, where you're just out there to make life hell for the other team's top center. That's not Eller. But if you want to get yourself a third line that can genuinely put the occasional goal in, that can give you a solid, smart shift when you need it, when Mike Sullivan needs it, this is the way to go. And if I sound like I'm contrasting that with other approaches that have been taken this season by Sullivan, I am, because we've seen... Eller out there with guys that don't have a fraction of what it is that I'm describing here. I'm not going to be mean and name their names here because it doesn't really add anything to the discussion, but just, you know, picture who some of his line mates have been. It doesn't do anything for the hockey team. Eller knew this. Eller was aware of this. We talked about it. And he understood what it was that he wanted to bring to the Penguins as opposed to what it is that they might have wanted from him. And until that was all going to be uh, a, a common mindset, none of this was going to work. I don't know that this will work either, okay? I don't know that this third line will be the thing. Third lines aren't the kind where you make some sort of grand commitment to keeping them united. Uh, I've already been critical over the past week, for example, of Riley Smith, who's now got two goals in his last 27 games. I don't see what he's bringing to the second line or specifically to Evgeny Malkin. So maybe you make some kind of change where Smith ends up being the guy that's on the third line and DOC bumps up to the second. One way or another, though, you'd have something that would make sense with Eller and it would deepen your depth chart. You'd now go from being a team that's got a top six adopting one approach and a bottom six adopting another. You'd now go with more of a top nine and you would take some of the pressure off the top six in that process. I'd be completely fine with that. And not to overstate Eller's importance, but the more you do that, the more you're cognizant of that, the more you're going to get out of your forward group as a whole, in particular five on five, and within that, in particular, offensively. Not that offense was an issue last night. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Sam, who says, DK, with the animosity between Mario Lemieux and the Fenway Sports Group, do you think Mario will attend Yaramir Yager's jersey retirement next month? 
Sam is asking this question for anyone who doesn't know in reference to the Friday Insider column that I put together for DK Pittsburgh Sports. It was published this morning. Uh, if you're a Penguins fan, especially a longtime Penguins fan, I can't urge you strongly enough to go read it. It's got some essential information on what one source described for me as being a, quote, bad, end quote, relationship between the current owners of the franchise and that guy who, you know, saved the franchise multiple times and remains a civic treasure. The answer to your actual question, Sam, is yes, Mario will be at Yager's Jersey retirement ceremony from everything that I've been told. That's not something that he'd miss. That's also not something that he'd do out of any obligation to the Fenway Sports Group. That's something that he'd do as an acknowledgement of everything that 68 contributed to the team over his decade here, to the championships that he won alongside 68. And don't forget this part. It was Mario who got this ball rolling back at the NHL's 100th anniversary in Los Angeles when he said publicly that he expects Yager's jersey to be retired in Pittsburgh someday. That, of course, was when Mario was the owner. And when he was probably thinking to himself, I can just snap my finger and make that happen. Well, even now that he's not, that doesn't change his position as being who he is, as well as Yager's teammates, as well as the one who was, of course, Yager's idol in every way as a youngster himself growing up in what's now Czechia. As for the rest of this and as for what's in the insider, for those of you who've seen it, all I'll add here is that this is not a sustainable situation. And anyone with FSG who thinks it's just going to casually fade is betraying their own lack of awareness or even caring about what the franchise and what this individual means to the city about the connection. They can't just come in here and run the team as if it's a Boston thing. I get that it's now a corporate atmosphere pretty much across the landscape of sports. I get that the days of having, you know, the family own the team or an individual who's got significant ties to the community, those are probably gone for the most part. But even that doesn't allow you to just go ice cold corporate on the process. This, if it's allowed to continue festering as it has, will be, I'm going to use the word again, a bad, bad thing for this franchise, especially once Sid's not around to bail you out in the middle of the third period. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.